0: Hello, and welcome to Heart Yoga Radio. Sitting in the yoga room today, blowing a gale outside, and extremely damp. I do feel sorry for the tourists who are here at the moment, but I see them marching on, absolutely determined to still be wearing their uh, shorts and (laughs) t-shirts as they get sandblasted by the freezing cold wind and drizzle. Bless them. (laughs) Anyway, we have some exciting news, which we will be announcing at the end of this podcast, so watch this space. But first, we would like to visit our old friend Lao Tzu and see what he has to say this week. I think we are now on chapter 77. So as usual, let's have a little read through and then see what we think. I really like this one, by the way. It's uh, extremely relevant for our times, probably globally, but uh, certainly here in Britain. So as usual, he's the Lao Tzu is spot on. Chapter
1: 77 The dough of heaven is like the tensing of a bow. What is above is drawn down and what is below is drawn up. What has plenty is drawn from and is given to what doesn't have enough. The heavenly Tao takes from those who have too much, and it gives to those who have little or nothing. Ah! But the human way is different. Even the wealthiest leech the poor, so they can have even more. What kind of person is it who has more than they need and so gives it out and gives it freely? Only a being that is filled with the dough.
0: So yes, the human way is certainly very different, unfortunately. But my God, it's like we just made that up just to sort of uh, hang some sort of uh, left-wing political um, dialogue off that but that that's what that's what he really wrote or at least that's <laughs> what the translator really translated it as
1: yeah I mean it seems surprisingly was surprising the episode uh, for now uh, we do live under a political system which is pretty well a global political system despite what you see with uh, ructions between factions and a kind of a cold cyber-rattling war going on in the South China Sea and of course the Russia-Ukraine business and God knows what's happening in in Africa and various other parts of the world where there's all kinds of civil wars and so on nevertheless there is a kind of an overarching financial system I suppose is the core system of it all global capitalism and it's a trickle-up system that is what it is it's a trickle-up system you dig a little, you don't have to dig even that deep to discover that is precisely the agenda for the poor to get poorer as they, even the wealthiest leech the poor so that they can have even more Now Loutes Tzu is contrasting that with the uh, his, his, his desired way which is the way of Dao. the whole book which we're now coming towards the end of, there's only a few more aphorisms the whole book is dedicated to describing the way of Dao, which is rather different from what Lao Tzu calls here the, the human way and what we call the trickle-up system so in a sense he's giving us the prescription for a utopia but it's a very broad one and uh, any any prescriptions for utopias need to be broad because you start trying to map in every detail well for a start you're speaking on behalf of the people of the future instead of letting them determine their own futures and and secondly uh, it, it's never ever going to work and and fa- perhaps this is how the violence of utopias manifest is when there's too officious a uh, um, an attempt to make every detail of somebody's vision come true in a society which has got real awkward people in it you know, and, and, and that attempt we've seen historically to produce the perfect society generally is more or less bound to go wrong because it, it, it beats its head on the wall of possibility so a good utopian formula is just that. It's, it's a direction. It's 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 a value set. It's a way of doing things. Maybe even a technology of doing things. Maybe maybe even a kind of a spiritual technology for doing things. Which certainly is is something that the Dao, the Taoism of Lao Tzu has given rise to quite a range of what you might loosely call spiritual technologies for being. A person who is filled with the Dao. Yeah. In other words, I mean, it's very important to understand what this means. This is a person with a great deal of abundance. Yeah. But it's it's not it's not abundance of things, land titles owned, share portfolios, collections of classic cars, private jets nice houses any of these things it's nothing to do with that it's an abundance within the self and the, the abundance within the self comes through the the Davis meditation which is as we've mentioned over and over again this 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 simple simple letting be with bright awareness you know as the, as the fundamental technology it's a going with the flow it's wu wei non doing you might call it. So it's a very, it's a very simple but precisely delineated technology of, of the self, of consciousness. And, and and it fills one with the Tao, which fills one with abundance, but as I said, a kind of spiritual abundance. You've always got the energy to give. You might not have many material things to give, but you have of yourself to give. That is, that is the, you could, uh, I mean, there is no aim to devis meditation, it is aimless, but. That is one of the extremely desirable side effects, if you can put it like that. An abundance, an abundance. But it's an abundance that gives freely. And it's the whole nature of that abundance that it has to give freely. Otherwise it will, the wellspring in a sense will dry up, you know. And uh, because you get very, very uh, ensconced in the dough, get filled with the Dao as he mentions here and, 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 uh, it will be impossible to back off from that situation. You know, one, one will naturally be abundant in one's spirit and naturally, quite of necessity, will give of their, abun- of their abundance in whatever way you can find to suit your quirks and so forth. I
0: mean, it becomes a joy for you. To give becomes a, a, right. a joyful thing.
1: That's right yeah that, that that's exactly it you know I mean so, so your, your abundance accelerates and g- grows and flourishes the more for the giving. That's how it works. But of course the human world, as you said, is completely different from that you know? and th- this certainly is a description of where of where we're at. Very, very vivid in description, the, the, the description definitely, yeah. of, of where we're at. Now, it's interesting what he says about the Tao, just to go back to the beginning there. because it says it's like the tensing of a bow. What is above is drawn down, and what is below is drawn up, and what has plenty is drawn from and given to what doesn't have enough. So there's a sense here that... that the, the great Dao, which is the animating force, the, the moving force, the, the great flow and movement of the universe, the turbulence of the universe itself, of which we are a part and of which our consciousness is a part. So the the, the Dao the is right at the, the core of that movement, which is life and existence. And what Tzu is getting at with this metaphor is that it's an equalising process. What is high comes a bit lower, and what is low comes up a bit. It's a movement towards the middle. You open the bow, the bow, and it draws the two ends together, and that's what the Tao does. Its essential energy is is like the energy of a drawn bow, and it's equalizing. It's equalizing through the movement, it's always kind of equalizing. And uh, humanity is set uh, uh, in its current. Modus operandi with its current economic system, its current systems of production of providing the necessities of life, is in fact contradicting this. It's very, very profoundly quintessential aspect of existence and life itself, that its energy is similar to that of a tense bow, of a drawn bow, and that it's this equalizing force. And it would be it would behove us just. So that the lives of people in general would be vastly better, to take some to pay some attention to this insight. And I think it is a genuine insight. Now, it's, uh, the thing that occurred to me when I read that, actually, just the, the way the mind draws connections and sees similarities, was to was to now remember that uh, na- nature uses this same metaphor of a bow, the tension of a bow. <clears throat> I forget where. It's in, one, it's in one of the major big works, you know, I forget, I think it's Beyond Good and Evil or something, I don't remember off the top of my head, but Nietzsche's point there is that, um, in, in, in the historical juncture, when he was writing and commenting, and he uses this bow metaphor, He was making the claim that, that, that human society, uh, at that time, the late 19th century, the second half of the 19th century, was in a state of ten, uh, there was a kind of a tension. <coughs> and Nietzsche spoke about uh, nihilism marching across the planet and stuff like that, I don't know. And, and, but, but of course he was right, there was a massive, massive tension, um, pa- particularly in, in intellectual life, because Darwin you know, amongst others, um, but nevertheless that, that tension was like the tension of a bow but of course with the bow there's also an arrow which is aimed at a target and he thought that humanity was about to release that bow at a target, at, at a very bold future you know, when all that tension discharges itself, the arrow goes towards the target which is which is hopefully a better future for humanity. So That's a seeing promise in the bad situation, using the metaphor of the bow again, you know, but employing it rather differently. Because I think, you know, Lao Tzu is very much about letting it be. You know, he likes the city of pigs as opposed to the high-tech society. And. I think, for rhetorical reasons, he does downplay like human aspiration to, to be curious, to, to try and enhance life through through ingenuity and invention, and experimentation, and trying things out and being a curious monkey. I think he deliberately underemphasizes that. Where is the cultural current which Lao Tzu originated of Taoism? Was itself responsible for vast amounts of human invention, human curiosity um, being, uh, human curiosity being uh, d- drawn upon and exploited, and for invention and technology. Given that the Taoism, as opposed to B- Buddhism, Hinduism, and Confucianism, produced. Was was as as a way of engaging with the world it was very very productive of technologies and as I've mentioned again drawing on Joseph Nadam's monumental work, the vast technological advances that China made were well in advance of the West. Uh, in 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 many respects and this uh, uh, puts this down to to, to the Taoist the Daoist tendency to observe nature and to look for the processes in nature, to look almost, almost like, like, like the eighteenth-century scientists of Europe, of, of, of looking of looking for the pattern in nature, the regularity in nature, what you might say, the laws of motion even, you know. So, that makes me conclude that Lao Tzu is, though he's downplaying human aspiration, something which nature brings out, the target, the target in the future, with the metaphor of the bow. Lots of using the metaphor of the bow to, to downplay that side of things. But I think we conclude that it, it it is just a rhetorical ploy to move us in that direction. And that Taoism itself, the, the the totality of this philosophy, and the, particularly the notion of the Tao, and the reliance on the, the love for nature and observation of nature, and the processes of nature, gives rise to um, and encourages that, that that very inventiveness, or you might call it that need to enhance human life, to secure and enhance human life. And I think I think Daoism, in it, as it's operating with us now, we need we need to sort of bring back that recognition as well that that side of life is not completely discounted. It's just that we certainly are, are over-emphasising it in the way our culture approaches his life. You know, that the emphasis on the securing and the enhancement of life in our society is almost malignant, you know. It, it's stealing all the energy, <laughs> to the point that it's malignant, it's, it's, it's cancerous upon us. Yet human beings cannot manage without it. But we need this other side, you know, as well. The bit where you say, Well, okay. I'm now gonna I'm now gonna sit and contemplate and enjoy. And be proud of the fruits of my work, but I'm just now gonna sit and be in this world, you know. In fact in fact people can do that and more and more people will do that, quite quite naturally. It's a part of our animalitas to do that. If we are, in fact, like as a society, reasonably secure. This is the virtue of a secure society, to my mind. You know, one which people don't have to worry about getting enough to eat, don't have to worry about the kids' education, don't have to worry if they get a disease, that they won't get any treatment. Don't have to worry if they they need to, to, to travel to another part of their country, or another part of the world to visit a sick relative, or to see a friend. and just generally don't have to worry and can, can conduct like a, a, a good human life without, with, with security. That's I'm happening the most people. You could ask anybody in Britain, they'll all buy a lottery ticket. You'd like to win the lottery yeah, but I'm not gonna. It's very unlikely that I ever will, but I'm gonna do it, you know, it's a bit of fun, blah, blah. But basically, beyond that, most people, what they want is, they don't want to be Bill Gates. They want to not have to worry about getting a doctor's appointment, what about the kids' education or their teeth, you know? And so on and so on and, 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 and so forth, you know. They want security. And I would say that it, it can't be beyond the wit of man to construct and grow a, 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 a secure society for everybody, for the many, not the few. I don't believe it is the wit beyond the wit of man. We do far more difficult things than that. Actually, running a trickle-up system strikes me as yeah, such right. an elaborate operation. Yeah, exactly. They're let's, extremely
0: let's, hard at that, don't they? Oh, fuck
1: me, not off, <laughs> not off, man. They throw they throw billions at it as well. Yeah. So that's what that's kind of like stimulating me to think there, you know. And as you see I think we need, we need to engage with this. This whole approach criti- critically, you know, I don't think you just take it as religion, and, which is why I want to sort of, you know, remind Lao Tzu here about, about hum- human aspiration, hum- human need to, 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 to secure and enhance life. But when we've done that, more and more people will be able to do it, as I say, be filled with the doubt, be abundant. Your life's purpose would be, you know, what's the best way for me to share my abundance?
0: So I hope everyone found that interesting. It's rather a good one this week, I think. So now we're going to tell you our exciting announcement, which I know you've all been waiting for. We have finally come up with uh, a theme and dates for the live talks that we've been promising you for such a long time now. So Pete's going to be delivering these talks we're going to be doing it on Sunday afternoons because we feel that that would be a nice quiet time for people to be able to take some time out of the week and engage with the the topics. So I'm just going to give you the dates. We're going to start on Sunday the 15th of October from 1 till 3 o'clock, that's our time in Britain. And then the 22nd of October, the 29th, then the 5th of November. And then the last one, the... 12th of November it's going to be just a general discussion questions and answers just to ramble around and the the ideas presented in the talks and you can ask Pete the questions that you the burning questions which I'm sure you'll have. So the four talks are all going to be interlocking and interrelated so we've decided that we're going to present them as a course and charge 20 quid for the the full four but each one will stand alone so if you do miss one uh, don't let that put you off coming to the rest or even the uh, the 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 live discussion one which is the the fifth the fifth one at the end so the theme of this course is going to be the apocalypse and you so a bit of a humorous title for a serious topic but many things to say about it and we hope that everything that's going to be presented in these talks will be of, of great help to you and interest to you on a very personal level but also in a way which will be useful in how you interact with the world so self and world i wanted it to be quite as complete as possible so we put a lot of thought into this so i'm going to pass you over to dr yates and he's going to give you an overview of the whole course and then break down week by week what it is that we're going to do.
1: I'm greatly looking forward to doing this with you.
0: Yeah, it's going to be nice to interact with people, isn't it? Yeah. Finally.
1: Yeah. This series of life talks is designed to help you to navigate the apocalyptic tenor of our contemporary world. Or as we say, on the street. The way in which everything's going to shit. Rather than presenting a dogmatic doctrinaire conclusion about what is actually going on or offering you a self-help panacea for for your psychological ills we hope instead to identify and ask the relevant questions this is the starting point of any inquiry find the right question and from there we'll move on to suggesting how you yourself might fruitfully engage with those questions the first talk is entitled The Apocalypse and You, which is also the title of the entire course, and that's where we outline the problem. Uh, the problem has many sub-problems, many aspects, uh, amongst which uh, we'll be considering uh, the question, why are we even talking this way? Is there indeed a looming apocalypse, or, or are we the prey to fear mongering? We also ask, the question of what responses do we actually find in the world, in our universe of discourse, to the, the ideas that are being put out, that, that, that there are certain sort of doom-laden, doom-laden scenarios unfolding, ecological collapse and so forth. So, what are we being told about that itself by the various media? from there it becomes necessary to ask how such ideas are circulated how do they get to us, what's going on who pays what's the money set up what's, what, what what ideologically is at stake in, in the various games of trying to attract our attention so how are such ideas circulated and then also of necessity we then have to engage with this other question of how one discerns which stories, if any, are trustworthy or untrustworthy? How do we side with the trustworthiness of what we're told of a story? And that's a, that is a biggie in this day and age. So that, that, that's the first. That's what the first talk will cover, all, all of those. And then, in, in talk two, we examine the subjective aspects of all this, so-called subjective. In, in other words, we examine the lived experience of people, of individual people in this situation that we're outlining and we'll be concentrating there on the so-called negative emotions of anger fear hatred and so on and on the condition of ignorance at this point we introduce the idea of a positive trauma uh, which is something very intense that happens to you that changes you but changes you in a good way as opposed to giving you PTSD or whatever and uh, we suggest that the, the, these very intense experiences, positively traumatising experiences, uh, have, a, have a very core role in intense spiritual experience. That's the, that's the second talk. The third talk, we just simply ask Socrates' his root question, how is life to be lived? And we examine Socrates' contention that an unexamined life is not worth living. The fourth and final talk, we introduce the yoga discipline of letting be with bright awareness. And we relate that discipline to the questions we've engaged with in the previous talks. In other words, from the perspective of, of uh, the discipline and the results of the discipline, how do the questions we've been asking look? What do they look like? How do we entertain them? How do they, how do they register with us, given that we might be entertaining a yogic state of being through this discipline? And then there is, as Anna mentioned, a final session where we'll, we'll engage in general discussion, Q and A, and so forth. But there Something is
0: going to be a, uh, the last half hour of every uh, yeah. talk. There's going to be like a QA and A session. Yes, yeah. yeah. yeah, there will so. be a
1: Q and A for each of the four talks. But the, the fifth session will be a much a much more open general general discussion, but obviously with a Q and A element. So that's that's what's going to happen. If you want to express an interest now, that would be great, and we would welcome it. And you best. Is to email me at my email address, which you can find on the Podbean Heart Yoga page, which is peteates.podbean.com. Uh, you can find the, my email address there, uh, but I'm going to say it to you now because it's easy to remember. My email address is info at uk. Info at peteyates one word lowercase no spaces dot UK not dot co dot UK dot UK and please please get in touch and tell me that you're interested so in in, in within the next week I, I will uh, have a page a website page with all the details of this talk how to pay how to log in how to use Zoom if you haven't used it before and so on. Everything you need will be there and including a summary of what we're going to cover as well.
0: Oh, and just uh, the reason we haven't put a live link to the to Pete's email is because whenever we do that, Pete's like drowns in spam, yeah. don't you? So yeah. uh, that's that's the reason that uh, we haven't just put like a, a, oh, yeah. a live link to your email address yeah, in yeah. the, the right yeah. up underneath this podcast. Anyway, folks... I hope that sounds interesting to everybody. It took us quite a long time to come up with that, so I think it will be a true work of art.